previously on Follow the Leader. Back in the City of Goals, and I am going to be playing From Eternity to Now, Every Person Knows Not Who They Are, But Who They Might Be, uh, more commonly known as Every. I am going to be playing a character known as Sable, the entity currently known as Sable, the unfavored. I'm playing everyone's mom friend, the Peony. Today I am playing. Steady as it goes, if it comes, it will come. Uh, I will be playing Marius, thank the gods for small favors. And so what does the camera see everybody's character doing? Uh, Every is asleep at this point. I think like light is just starting to um, flood into this small uh, apartment. It's very open inside, not a lot of furnishings. And Every is asleep, looking possibly more relaxed. Than they have in a while because they tend to have this sort of it's not quite a nervous energy but they definitely have sort of a haunted look to them that is less obvious when they're asleep sable is just coming back from the shore which i think is a morning ritual for them and anybody who sees them would notice they're going in the wrong direction <laughs> Not back to their own place, but somewhere else. Um, the peony's own morning ritual, uh, she's probably up with or before the sun herself, uh, sweeping the shop, getting it ready and opening, um, just kind of like setting everything up within and making her first cup of tea for the day to sit and enjoy the sunrise. I think Marius is looking a little haggard and run down. But they are in the middle of a summoning circle, and the name that they are speaking into reality is all that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream. And as they say that, the summoning circle flashes and something begins to coalesce in the air around them. And while all of this is happening, and the city of goals is waking up. There comes the sound of heavy metal boots stomping their way up the ridge just outside of town. And a man, an old man, far older than he looks, crests the hill with his daughter, who is also older than she looks, uh, and his brilliant golden eyes take in this unfamiliar sight. The question they ask is, do you still take your tea the same way? And the mean, the intent there is like, how have you changed since, have you changed since the last time I saw you? Or are you the same as you've always been? I've only ever taken it one way. Seems disingenuous to switch it up at this point. <laughs> that that Sable kind of like laughs a little bit and is like, I don't know why I expected any different, but it's reassuring. Somehow it's reassuring to know that. Steady finishes his tea and looks around. He says, nice place. And Perihelia says, yeah, yeah, not bad. After they've been there a while, Steady notices out of the corner of his eye um, that mirror uh, from before and a shadow passes over the mirror 
almost too quickly for Steady to see, but he notices it. Mm. And he, he, he sets down his mug and he looks at his daughter and he says, we're in the right place. We now return to your game, already in progress. joker Ooh. Ooh. so it's a flashback so a monologue. I, I, yeah, I think the way we want to do it is the left card yeah. is the is the scene type. type and the right card is location. yes um so i got a, a joker and a ten of hearts so the location is the inner sanctum with a revelation seeking understanding so i think this is a good the joker is a flashback or monologue yes i think is this is a good a flashback opportunity <laughs> yeah <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> yeah oh give us that flashback give us that flashback map um so yeah you guys are, are more familiar with the history of the cosmology of this place so i've got the timeline open i'm ready to go thank you thank you so okay we haven't actually seen the history of within the city itself in that temple our favorite the, temple the kingdom hearts temple um, oh so the one you can only see in the dark as opposed to the one with all the flowers yes yes thank you the kingdom there are the, yeah. there are the there are the two main temples i forgot there's yeah there's the green the green apocalypse so this is yeah. the temple that can only be found in the dark yes so i think let's see well we gotta get i think it would just be a good opportunity considering the fact of what just got seen on the mirror and who might just be mm-hmm. making a little bit of an appearance and having her, uh, she who must not be named, I'll just say existing, vibing. Um, vibing. Having a moment within the temple. Vibing. <laughs> you know she vibe. She vibe. <laughs> All she do is vibe. I don't know if we want to have, have her her in the peony because we keep alluding to things with that or if we want to have her and um someone else but i think that's what i want at least to start with is there anything about the this scene that indicates a period of time is this still like post the apocalypse or is this pre the apocalypse oh geez um (laughs) i think it would be like post post the apocalypse but just kind of like at the beginning of the city itself uh well not sorry not the beginning of the city but the beginning of the city after the apocalypse has already happened because we come to it after the fact after it's been established uh which is in that uh the sunderland game that you guys arrive there and you you build it but uh we kind of like build it in the context of it having already been thriving so before that 
like when it's just getting started like at the beginning of the quiet year Mm. as far as like visual cues go um it just feels a lot quieter um and it just it feels a lot i kind of like the idea that it's not it gets darker as the years go on and so there is Mm. like a shadow within the the temple itself that starts settling into like the very bones of the temple and so this is still like you can still see the temple at this point and it's not the temple you can only see in the dark by the time we get there it becomes the temple you can only see Mm. in the dark i like Um, it and i think just like the the visual then of the scene is the peony basically as we still already know her uh, looks exactly the same. Maybe her robes are a brighter red than they normally are, um, or that we normally see them by the time we get to her in present day. The Also, the idea of the shadow kind of like leaking into her own clothing as well is kind of fun. I would like to add yes. a detail Please that do. like there are hanging vines that hadn't been in the temple before uh, since the last time Peony saw this place. And these vines almost look like black hair hanging down and they kind of like seem to writhe a little in a breeze that the peony does not feel. Mm -hmm. Just the image of her like walking through the temple and she's moves very quietly, but you can still hear the faint sound of her footsteps that go out, but they don't echo. They get like swallowed up by the silence. She's just doing a little route through the temple and seems to be contemplating and thinking about something and uh you know probably can this place be saved and is this place that is worth maintaining and like as she gets deeper into the the heart of the temple itself um you see over like just the set of her jaw kind of like firming and being like "Mm, i really don't know if this is a place that i can save or that i think would be would be able to be maintained um we can't destroy it but we can't we can't save it i think at some point she hears a vague whisper it doesn't call her name it just says speaker who do you speak for I speak for those who do not have a voice or a mouth, but I see you have both. I have many things. If you come closer, I can show them to you. No, I've gotten quite a feel for them already, I think. That's a pity. I would love to know you better. You would have to try harder than that. And there's just like a little chuckle, and she says, Give me a little time. I'm not quite myself yet. But I will be. I don't know if I'm afraid of that or not. Whether or not you need to be afraid is entirely up to you. I know. It is the others that I am worried about. Always the others. They all come to me in time. There's no need to fear for them. (laughs) You would paint yourself a loving and forgiving one, then. Forgiving? No. Then you understand why I have a little concern. Not everything needs to be forgiven, mouthpiece. That is... It is sad to hear you say that. And the peony just tilts her head and looks around a little bit. Because that means that you are not one that should also be forgiven. And I would not be able to... Hmm. This place will have to fall into disrepair because of that. 
Does it make you a little bit sad? All things come to me in time. Mm. I see. I think I understand. Then, in time, you can reveal the rest of your grand secrets that I refuse to see today. And there's just kind of like a low chuckle, and she says, we have a deal. We have a deal, then. We can end the scene there. Nice. Sounds good. Interesting. Sounds like a good spot. Interesting. And that is now me this time. Mm -hmm. Yes. I got the King of Hearts, which is a vignette. No, Hearts is interlude, right? Wolves. No, King King of Clubs. Uh, A vignette of wolves at the doorstep. Nice. Mm -hmm. And my location was the Eight of Spades. Hmm. Transitory spaces in the shadow of bones. Wow. Good thing we just got a big giant fucking rib cage right there. (laughs) (laughs) Good thing. Okay, that's interesting. So, yeah, a vignette is just a small... uh, involves no actual dialogue. It's really set the atmosphere for the story. Uh, Keeping it simple, narrative, enough information to set the tone. So, it's very simple that we are the wolves. Hmm. Um, as uh, Steady and Perihelia, uh, having left Every's house, are wandering the streets of the City of Goals, looking in the shadows of alleyways, pressing their hands against the walls of buildings where they crack. And eventually they get down to the ribcage the great ribcage uh which has now become a like a like a place a venue of a type um i had actually forgotten about that did that come from echo or is that was it a place before Before that that, it was just been used yeah that's Mm -hmm. that's rascal's ribcage yes i just I i just immediately thought one of Zach's tall boys going into the ribcage of an even taller boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yes, uh, I I think we like clarified in in the Memoria game that it was used as like a celebratory a celebratory space, like a big old mm-hmm. gazebo on the beach that happens to be a. There's rib like cage. low key a cult of the tall boy. I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. and also the cult yes, of the gulls, true. and they're like in opposition to each other, but they're like. They're like slightly lower players in this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, very cool. And this is where are we in the timeline of the tall boy? Oh, with regards to the Echo game and the egg. The second coming of the tall um, boy. I think so. So the egg is definitely a thing. The mm-hmm. Echo kids are mm-hmm. all teenagers at this point. And mm-hmm. we didn't okay. say when the egg hatches. We just know that it mm-hmm. does. currently in the custody of the peony. Yes. Okay. So either way, it's no. not here. No, no. Um, the egg is not here. Uh, so yeah, so, so Steady and Perihelia come to this place, which is a transitory space in the shadow of bones. He recognizes the bones, uh, not maybe not personally, but like of what they were and and like what they what kind of thing left this and he like kind of walks uh, along 
inside the rib cage and like as it's the sort of thing where like you know when you're walking through next to a fence any fence that has like vertical slats that have uh gaps in between mm. and sometimes it feels like you're like looking through them at a whole different world because usually it's in mm-hmm. someone else's backyard and he can feel like that there is like another space here like as he as he, as he moves between like you can see like the, the shot pans with him walking along the bones and like every so often it will the gap between two of them will show somewhere else than the city of goals mm-hmm. in that same way that you can look between like the the slats in a fence and see another world it's not the thing he's looking for but it is like you know these bones are belong to a creature of power and are retain some of that power and in fact it, it certainly he's certainly um feeling out the sort of space of this place and thinking of whether or not it might be useful to the job that he's here to do. Yeah, wolves at the doorstep. Can't wait for him and Marius to meet. Mm -hmm. That's going to be good as hell. All right, time for me to draw two cards. Okay, my first card is diamonds, so it's an interrogation. Or the two of diamonds, so it's an interrogation, darkness where there should be light. Hmm. (laughs) And my second card is the ace of hearts, which is black sand between bare toes uh, in the inner sanctum, broken and healing. Oh boy. Let me reread the interrogation rules again. We just really out here hitting the Kingdom Hearts motifs like head fucking on right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we wrote the props, so it is awesome. Yeah, but the fact that we got yeah. interrogations for both Unexpected Light in the Darkness and Darkness Where There Should Be Light is like, mmm, chef's fucking kiss. Mm. I almost, I feel bad saying this, but I almost want Marius to find steady yes. at the beach yes yes as the storm clouds are rolling in so like it's darkness on the horizon just on the precipice of the storm hmm God, the visual of marius just walking up to steady on the beach being like excuse me <laughs> marius a foot shorter than steady yeah. Because Marius is 5'4". It is literally a foot. Is there some spark of... This is this is Marius is... Marius is not going to ask the next question, but it's going to be one of those things where Marius is closing the distance. Like, they're not the kind of person who, like, knows everybody in town or anything, but I think it's fairly obvious that Steady is not from here. So I think Marius is curiosity is piqued and mm-hmm. based on our history of unexpected connections my first question is is there some spark of recognition somehow um i guess the question that i would have for that is is marius still wearing a uniform oh god yes marius definitely wears the uh trappings of being a mage of anukar then steady immediately recognizes it and like furrows his brow he immediately recognizes it and looks confused as he begins to walk towards marius 
without Mary, without like like Marius might be moving towards him, but he is like also like just boom is, is like walking towards them like a Terminator. Yeah, Marius's path was was going to be a little circumspect, but Steady's just like straight line. My next question again is is just kind of a meta question. Uh, what does Steady say to Marius? Where did you get those ropes? Marius, like, kind of puffs up a little, looking affronted, and, like, holds a hand over an, an insignia, like, denoting their rank within the enclave, and it's just like, they're mine. Why do you ask? And that is my third question. Because there aren't, there weren't, to my knowledge, any mages of Anukar remaining. And now Marius looks very wary and says, and how would you know that? And Steady says, because they were gone the last time I looked for them. Clearly you weren't looking hard enough. Or in the right places. Considering the, what is it, a, what is it, what is it a monastery, a temple, or like an academy? I was thinking it more of like, they don't call it a monastery, um, like I think they call it called it an enclave, but yeah, it was it was kind of like a monastery of of people devoted to the study of magic, but not really an academy because it was kind of more like a cloister. Hmm. Uh, he says, "Well, considering the state I found the enclave in, it wasn't a hard conclusion to draw." And Marius says. What does it matter to you how many of mine are left? If one of your senior members was a friend of mine, and they're dead. <sighs> I'm trying to think about how Marius would phrase this. I love when, when Argus says this, because I know that Marius is about to say something real dumb. Or really yeah. insulting. Yeah, well, both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not in any position to pay unpaid debts of my superiors. But if you happen to need the services of the last mage of Anakar, my name is Marius, thank the gods for small favors. And if you ask anyone here where the library is, they can point you my way. Mm. The debt was mine to pay, little wizard. But I'll keep that in mind. My name is steady as it goes. If it comes, it will come. And I am here to kill death. <laughs> Metal as fuck, you Love him. I believe we may be able to foster a mutually beneficial relationship. And I want the scene to end there. Mm -hmm. It's just the end of Casablanca all over again. wonderful <laughs> friendship. <laughs> <laughs> So I drew the Nine of Clubs, which uh, is a vignette touching the veil. And my location is the Five of Spades in the shadow of bones, watched by something unseen. Oh, I'm, I'm going to spend a drama point right now <laughs> <laughs> to add an NPC and ah, beans. I mean, uh, I was going to I was going to add her anyway, but, you know, I've got I've got drama points burning a hole in my pocket, so okay, yeah. So I just want to make sure doubly that she is there. Mm -hmm. I think because this is a, a vignette, I feel like what this is 
is the same scene that we just saw from a different perspective. Or the two scenes I think we saw before. And everything is grey and muted. Um, and the sea is louder, almost. And we just see this bone-white hand tracing along the outside of the tall boy's rib cage as Steady walked the inside, just alongside, and sort of then drifts up and we see sort of a shadow fall over the figures on the beach. But we're like in that perspective and the shadow moves away, clinging to the side of the cliff and then like moving up. You know the way that octopi move up walls? With sides mm -hmm. of tanks like that. We can't see it because we're from the camera's perspective. But you get that sort of undulation of the camera movement. And maybe periodically you see like just these what looks like tendrils of hair reaching out as it moves up and back. And just sort of like this pleased sounding chuckle um, of arrogance maybe and disbelief. Just like, yeah, okay, whatever. But I, that's the tone it carries and sort of a bring it vibe is a thing just like, oh, what fools these mortals be? Just like, oh, that's cute. They're going to try. Okay. Let them try. If they all come to her eventually, if they want to get to her a little bit faster, that's on them. Fucking. Ah! I'm fine. Deal myself two cards. Oh boy. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Ace of Clubs. Another vignette with unexpected light in the darkness. And the Seven of Clubs in the wilds, deep and dark, where edges meet. Hmm. Oh, 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 oh. I want to spend a hero point. <gasps> A hero, a hero point? A hero point. Wrong game. Look, we play Trial a lot of Pathfinder, Zach. Leave me we alone. We do. I want And maybe someday we'll get to play it with this one. Yeah, okay. I'm spending a drama point to have Violet there. Oh, very good. <laughs> oh. I'm putting... Sorry, I drew one of Sables. Because what, what Sables is mine, apparently. There we go. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> we just share everything, including Because I believe points. we talked about the tunnels maybe being part of the wilds. Yeah. Before. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's got to be Violet. Yeah, and I mean... Because I love, because I yeah, love her. Yeah, she's... I mean, I think this is another one of those things, right, where it's like, the more the... So the more the scenes are happening in this game, the more I'm like, shit is accelerating very, very quickly, and I am into it. Hey, mm -hmm. that's fine. We, we normally... Well, I mean, unlike the season, the last season finale, where we... Where we didn't escalate very quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where we just are escalating very, very quickly. But I think that also is kind of an in-universe thing as well. Because, like, one of the things that I was thinking was that after the events of the finale, Sable had a dream of Violet. And this is the same day. <laughs> and they see Violet. That's, that's a good, that's a good thought. Okay. Um... We should probably explain who Violet is because it, it has been, been a long ass time. Violet is the Violet is her capital H Harold spends. I wouldn't call her a Reaper exactly, but she is a 
She's probably fairly close to what Sable was for Afiel, but for a goddess of death, which is very weird to think about, but, you know, even the goddess of death has to have her paladins. Last time we saw her, she was in the tunnels underneath the city of Gauls, and she had a conversation with every. And now this is Sable seeing her. And I think she's out of the tunnels. This is, like, on the edges of the forest, I think. I don't know why. So, actually, I think this is later. Because I think this is at the point where the storm is really starting to set in. And the sky is really starting to get dark. Because when Sable crosses paths with Violet, which is maybe, actually, closer to the coastline. Probably down south, south ways by, the, by where the tide pools are. Um, have to... Sable's down by the mountains that are a mirage, and you can, the viewer can see Violet from far, very far away, because she's illuminated, but in a way that doesn't feel good. Like, it's a very cold light. She is, she's the herald. She is her herald. So you see her, you know she's, you know that she is not far behind. And I think Sable, like, sees her across. I don't even think Sable was necessarily intending on going in that direction. They see her, and even though she's very far away, it looks like she's close. Like, closer. Like, the opposite of, no, the, the things that you see in this mirror are closer than they appear. And they see her. And turn to look at her, and she's chillin' on a rock, playing her guitar. And she kind of looks up underneath the brim of that very wide hat. That very, just, just very impressive hat that she has. Catches Sable's eye, and just, like, winks. And Sable's about to come clo- go closer when the lightning cracks over the ocean. And Sable pulls their focus. And when they look back, she's gone. But there is this deep sense of foreboding that falls onto their shoulders. And they turn and head home. Because they don't really want to get caught out in a storm like this. And I think that's me. All right. So the first card, the scene type is Queen of Diamonds, uh, which is an interrogation for those who linger and those we lose. Mm. And then the location is the King of Spades, which is in the shadow of bones at the top of the world. Ah, 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 ah. Damn. Everybody's going up to Rascal's rib cage, and Sable's just like, nah, I'm going home. Okay, bye. <laughs> Fuck this, I'm going home. <laughs> what are the interrogation rules? Alright, the director selects one player, steals one drama point from that player, and that player, and asks that player up to five questions. I have so many drama points, I gotta stop saying them. Or you can use the other method where you don't steal one. Those are two different methods, not step one. Oh yes, and then I uh, did not read on. I select one player to take the role of an NPC of the director's choosing, and the director then asks the player up to five questions. I mean, we can have, I mean, we just had the peony and she who must not be named to have a conversation, but also, (laughs) 
That was in the past. That was, Things have changed. <laughs> that Things was have changed. Past. And, and Violet's here. I know. Like, I was about to say, but also the peony and the Violet would be a really cool conversation. Yeah. Also, Ooh. also, Zephyr is here. Yes. Mm. I have not yet figured out the peony and Zephyr's relationship. We hadn't talked about that at all, have we? No. I mean, I'm sure that the peony being as attuned to things going on as she is probably yeah. knows Zephyr's around, but Marius has not talked about them. Yeah, no, I'm just, because like, also I can't, I'm trying to think about what the peony's reaction to Zephyr would be. Mm, I think actually Zephyr, Zephyr would be good. And it's just kind of like someone, you know, just the violets off there heralding and then Zephyr finds the peony and just goes, hey, yo, hey, <laughs> what's shaking, yeah. girl? Guess what? Their shade is chilling in the library now. So like, yeah, are they just going to are they going to be in the library or can they leave? The, the shade library? is bound to the library. OK, I think I think that Zephyr could be anywhere, but I don't want to have more apparitions than we had in that game because then i fuck with stuff too much that's fine no because i'm trying to think then how best to tie in because i mean theoretically also you can get a little more poetic and say and and say the library is a shadow of bones in as much as histories and uh and such on the shelves that is very very true there is also we can also skip time right everything that's happened so far has happened within the same day within the same flash yeah skip time because there's other incidences where zephyr is more present in this particular plane where this conversation could happen i yeah i just i want to know like what would because that would be fine. I think the conversation with Zephyr would be interesting. Yeah. Um, but then if we have it outside of the library, that's also a time skip of, I think, by that point, how would the peony's perspective have shifted with her knowing that Violet is out there, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. However you think vibes best, we could we could make that yeah. work um, for, for Zephyr's yeah, positioning. Yeah, I kind of want to time skip a little bit because there's... Oh stuff that happens during that game that happens like that game happens over a period of time and if we want what august has been talking about to happen we need to get to the end of that game so a time skip i think is best here yeah that's cool um then in which case would you like to meet her Someone had mentioned earlier a little bit ago about uh, a, like a more Mediterranean setting, but like tiered levels to the city. And I've always kind of imagined the peony shop up a little bit higher to have a nice view out over mm. the city. Um, but then I like the uh, the visual at the same time is that the way that the sun then is setting it's casting it's like behind the rib cage, and so the shadows are coming up over the city and up the mm-hmm. hills over where her shop is and so she can be in her shop just sitting and like waiting for this conversation to happen as the sun sets and the shadows grow up up the hill so you still have the that shadows um in the shadow of the bones while being at the top of the world without sitting on top of the rib cage because i could not conceive of a world in which the peony would be like, oh, hold up, gotta get up on top of the ribcage to be both on top of the world and something to do with the bones. But, um, 
that's a great image. Someone fucking draw that, please. <laughs> the peony just like climbing up the side of the ribcage. <laughs> I also like the thought, like maybe if she is expecting Zephyr, like maybe she brews a specific tea, mm-hmm. and like just the visual of the steam escaping yeah. the kettle and going out through like a small chimney or flue and just like that steam rising up and up and then just dispersing and that being like the top of the world as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that is the visual that I would like to call upon. And then, yeah, she would be sitting there. I think she has a second cup of tea next to her for Zephyr because by this point, I think she's been aware of Zephyr's presence, um, even depending on how confined to the library they had been just her knowing and just kind of waiting for for them to show up. I think the exacerbated presence of her in the city makes Mm -hmm. it so that Zephyr has more of their former form back so they can drink tea. Okay. Like, they have a face, kind of. Like, they don't, like, have have a face, but they can drink tea and the tea will go somewhere. Where? Yeah. Not the floor, but, like... The tea will get drunk. So so Zephyr comes and, and takes the tea. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think the peony <laughs> sees the hand first. And just the steam of the tea forming into their hand as they reach out mm, for it. Mm-hmm. Very mm. good. So she'll just sit there for a moment and let them enjoy their first sip of tea. And she'll say, things are moving a little bit faster than either of us have anticipated, I think. But what exactly... What have you told them? Zephyr like Zephyr like makes a face like you're telling me. <laughs> you know what? It ends up I think it ends up working out in this really nice way because August and I were talking at the end of that game about how there hits a point. There hit a point during the game where Zephyr slash Annabelle realized that this was not the way that they wanted things to go. And this is it's really good that it's just naturally playing out like this. Like I wasn't even necessarily thinking this way. So well, so so say the question again, because I'm thinking too much now. She ended up asking, what have you told them? Zephyr, like, brings, like, one hand, the hand that's not holding the teacup out, like, in the, like, universal gesture of, like, I have both of my hands just, like, extended out to the sides right now, and I just realized that may not be a universal gesture for just, like, what? Because there's not, like, the shrug of an I don't know. Right. It's, but, but Zephyr's kind of, like, it's impressions. The answers here are impressions more than anything else. Zephyr hasn't really said hasn't really said or communicated anything. Like it's not their doing what's happening. Right. It's a combination of factors that included yeah. their presence. Like they and Violet are completely separate in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And the yeah. fact that they're both currently in the city is like that has nothing to do with them per se right it is actually just a coincidence but marius made the choice to summon zephyr at the same time that violet entered the city like that's it's a pure coincidence or a cosmic one Mm, yes pretty much it's a cosmic truth that's what it is then oh dear do you think we still have the opportunity to stop any of this to make a difference yes it'll be a chess game we have to the the moves have to be made there are multiple avenues right correct 
there's multiple ways that this could play out. I don't think that Zephyr's using we here, because none of mm-hmm. this is going to have an effect on them in the grand scheme of things. Right. If, you know, if y'all win, and this is me talking, this is Mac talking now. Yeah. If if we win, <laughs> we the players kill Ningal, then anybody who's tied into that dynamic will just fade. And if Ningal wins, for the for the ghosts, nothing much really changes. Because they're not really subsisting off of anything, they're just existing. Things will change for Ningal and for Violet, but it's not it's not gonna make much of a difference to Zephyr. So Zephyr's just cut so Zephyr right. doesn't use we here because they have no real stake in this. Apart from the impressions that they get from veils being really thin, like they can tell that there is a connection between themselves and Marius in other worlds that makes them have a tiny bit more of a stake in stuff, but like not much. Mm-hmm. So they don't use the we here. They cu- So they're kind of like, there's multiple paths that you can take to assure continued survival or even victory. It's playing cards, right? It's playing the pieces, right? How many more times must we make these sacrifices? Not you, we, the rest of us. So we're like arches an eyebrow and is like, I didn't say anything about sacrifices. Do you think we could get away without that? You, in a perfect world, potentially. Mm. But you have to remember you're not necessarily the conductor of this symphony. No. My responsibility is the city and the people within it. And sometimes chess pieces must be sacrificed for that to happen. She's just like sort of looking at her hands as she says this. Yeah. I think I have two more questions left. (laughs) <laughs> Hold on, how many do I have? I think two sounds right. I think two. Zephyr wants two to say right. something about... Yeah, that's fine. Again, you don't have to make the decision for the sacrifice. The sacrifice can come from a place that you weren't expecting and you can just... I don't want to say use it to your advantage, but use it to your advantage. I don't know if I... How much trust I have in the current players on the board. <laughs> I want... I'm going to spend a drama point here. Just because there was a scene in the Things Eldritch and Terrifying game where Marius went to go investigate the temple that can only be seen in the dark, and there was a fucked up flock of ravens hanging out there that kind of, like, pulled them away from actually doing that. And I think that at the exact moment that Zephyr laughs, have you ever seen like, bear trees in winter when there's, like, a flock of ravens and they all fly up at the same time? Mm. I live in California. Okay. No. (laughs) No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. So at the exact moment that Zephyr laughs, that happens because at the temple that is only being seen in the dark, Marius is trying to enter. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the whole detail. But that's just, just a little bit of flavor there. Like, yeah, the peony's head just lifts a little bit to watch this. In the grand scheme, for you, what what are you going to do after all of this? And she then just kind of, like, gestures out towards the direction of the temple. Zephyr loses their form a little bit and kind of shrugs, because, like, they really don't know. Is there anything you would ask of me? Zephyr points in the direction of the temple, 
they ask the peony to just watch for marius because marius will do something eventually that will be the tipping point one direction or another and it's at that point that the peony can make a move the the time to act will be when yes. marius tips the scale yes that kind of a move okay like like <laughs> that's that's the point at which it will be clearer which direction the pieces are going to fall and that is the point at which the mm-hmm. peony can take advantage because things will be more clear yeah and i think she just kind of closes her eyes and well you can't tell she's wearing her robe you know sort of like bows her head a little bit and then just says it really will all come down to that, wouldn't it? Just one of those questions without yep. answers. <laughs> and if she happens to look again, Zephyr is gone. And she'll just take both cups of tea and go back inside. Oh, very fucking good, actually. <laughs> Sorry to dictate the end of the scene, but... No, thank you. Zephyr likes to leave without taking the last word. Yeah, that's that's fine. <laughs> They're allowed to do that. They're a ghost. They can be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what else are you going to do when you're a ghost? Really, not really. much. All right, it's me, right? Yep. Two, two, me. Boom. So I got the two of spades. Are we finally having an interlude? Darkness where there should be lights with an ensemble. Yeah. Everyone is involved in the scene slash conversation. The location is the five of hearts. Watched by something unseen hmm. in the inner sanctum, broken. Mm, let's go. <laughs> what was the value on the scene again? Sorry, the value was two. Okay, darkness where there should be light. All right, well, let's let's look at so ensembles they involve all characters. Like an interlude, the director determines the focus of the scene as well as the location. The director may preempt the scene as much as they like. But once the ensemble starts, the player should let things develop organically. Any player may spend one drama point for taking the role of an NPC instead of their own character. Okay, so this is actually kind of easy because this is steady bringing everyone together to be like, all right, what's the game plan? <laughs> the only thing is whether or not he would know to bring the peony in on it. I mean, she might also just show up she- yeah it seems <laughs> seems like it seems like she probably would come of her own yeah yeah religion and agenda my yes. exact response to um, what's the game plan is steady i don't think this is that kind of story well well we can still talk um we're not in a sports drama uh yeah and watched by something unseen is the location uh, the inner sanctum, broken healing. What is the inner sanctum? Is that is that every house, <laughs> or is that Sable's house? Because we've already seen that there are shadows in the Suncatchers. May I make a posit? Uh huh. It's in the library, mm-hmm. where there is oh, a yeah, shade that's an inner of a ghost, just kind of chilling. <laughs> uh, sure. All right. So yeah. So in that case, uh, Sable said he goes to see. Marius and every uh, Sable and the Peony are all also there through from various like he probably invited every and the Peony and uh, every and, and Sable and then the Peony um, just shows up as part of it so we can probably just do this like people people arriving you know as part of it uh, so steady goes 
to the library. What does the library look like? This is not my my zone. I've always imagined it with like being kind of cramped. Um, like the front area has been kind of cleared of a lot of books and stuff, and Marius does like magic lessons there for some of the locals. I remember Theo was one of them uh, for a little bit there. Carrie is. Yeah. Carrie's like their apprentice. <laughs> yeah. And I think this is an instance where Marius has like called off classes for the day because they're working on something. Um, and so like you'd find them further back in the stacks where it's just like tall shelves that are leaning precariously loaded with dusty tomes and some of the tomes are very clearly like damaged by water or salt or something like that but they're still they're still there and some of them are less dusty because they've clearly been read recently and the floor is actually very clean and there's not much clutter save for the stubs of some candles and some dusted away chalk lines cool so steady is moving through this cramped space. Which feels even smaller now. Wearing a full suit of armor. <laughs> yeah. Steady is like walking sideways between some bookshelves looking for Marius. And he says, is this the kind of library where I'm supposed to be quiet? <laughs> Marius looks up from whatever tome that they're kind of hunched over. And, you know, they've got a sour look on their face. And they say... Well, it was, but you have my attention now. And they, like, snap the tome shut and, like, fold their hands on top of it. I can, I can be quieter. <laughs> uh, do you have, like, a meeting room or a table here? I didn't realize it was going to be so small when I invited people. Marius looks a little panicked at the concept of a bunch of people <laughs> descending upon their library. And they get up and they, they like, start shooing steady out does steady let them he like there's the there's a moment where marius pushes and it's a and it's a wall (laughs) and then steady notices that marius is pushing him and he like starts backing up and they get back to the front area and marius like pulls some curtains closed and there's like a crackle of magic that steady can probably feel And once all the curtains are closed, Maria says, this is a suitable place. Just mind the desks. Sure, yeah. Behind him, uh, Perihelia is kind of just walking, waltzing through and looking at books, like taking books off shelves and flipping them through them and then putting them back on different shelves. I don't know that we've described, because she used to be wearing her like queenly garb. I don't know that we've described her, um, what she wears now as an adventurer. I do think it involves, she's, she's not wearing full like armor. She's like dressed like a cool sorcerer. Nice. Or she's got like, I think she's got like an orange and red, like maroon, not trench coat, but like overcoat mm-hmm. of, the, of the same way. Like, like you know. A duster. Um, a duster. Yeah. She's got a red and orange duster and a jauntily angled hat um even zach's npcs are made of spouse material (laughs) of course um yeah she's like a she's like a power very powerful sorcerer but does not really get this whole wizard stuff because she's just like a powerful like an elementalist 
and Steady says, All right, so they should be here soon. And then we can talk about what is to be done. Uh, I think after Steady says that, that's exactly the moment that every appears. They arrive in a, from a different spot, like they shouldn't have necessarily been able to, because one of every things has always been being in the places they shouldn't be. So mm-hmm. effectively, it'd be like walking out of a back room that doesn't have an entrance into it from another place or something similar. But just as you say that, like they're there and they're they can there. they can bring Sable with them. It's just sort of like they just sort of give him. I think they just say Paladin. Mm-hmm. Steady leans into Sable and says, I think they don't like me. <laughs> Sable like <laughs> gives a steady a look and then just like leans up against a wall and is just like doesn't even acknowledge is uh this when the peony arrives yeah i think she just i was gonna say she rolls up no no, she doesn't she can she can (laughs) absolutely Um, roll up (laughs) she glides up she's wearing sunglasses over (laughs) (laughs) heelys under the robe just like swish heelys under the robe sunglasses over the robe i fucking lied somebody draw that Well, yeah, just draw her healing across the, the spine of the tall boy. Um, <laughs> wow. You guys all wondered what happened to her within these last few seasons. No, I'm just kidding. She became... What's up, my fellow teenagers? <laughs> she became most rad. <laughs> Who is she anymore? I don't know. Uh, no, yeah, she she just kind of very quietly arrives and doesn't say anything just immediately takes takes a seat for herself i think just like just takes one of the desks and sits down i want to say two things one every is like doing full-on like goblin style either sitting on top of a bookcase or just like sat on a desk (laughs) cross-legged uh point two every has spoken to the peony about being wigged out by steady and parahelia Mm -hmm. Uh, and what it mostly boils down to is i know them and i don't know why i know them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i think steady like takes a double uh take when the, <laughs> the peony arrives and he says say well you didn't tell me that the, the, the tea witch looked dead. <laughs> <laughs> i think oh. she will visibly or like audibly click her tongue at that even marius has the sense to look aghast at what just <laughs> happened <laughs> Sable, like, kind of goes, like, does that, oh, you fucked up now. Like, <laughs> rubbing one finger inside her face, like, mmm. Marius recovers and looks at uh, everybody and is just like, is this everyone I did not call here? Or are we expecting someone else? No one, no one except Marius could see this, but Zephyr is in, like, the background, like, waving, like, Hi! <laughs> I'm here too! <laughs> but no one else can see it. We've moved past the number of people that I called here, so I would say that yes. Look back at Peony. <laughs> she does. <laughs> she also does not acknowledge. Um, quick question. Clarifying detail. Do you think the Tea Witch is something that the Peony used to go by a very long time ago? Or is that just like a reputation that she may have had somewhere? I think it's probably more of a reputation. Mm -hmm. Like a thing that people called her, not that she used for herself. Correct, yes. 
we have an ancient grudge. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm not, I'm not, and I don't want to be the only one who like defines it, but that is a, the thing that step that's steady from. I always called her the flower witch, but I couldn't remember if she actually had anything to do with flowers or if she was just, no, she's just named one. the peony. It is, it's definitely, you know, what she considers that she's able to do versus what some other people acknowledge that she's able to do type of thing and being able to do that to be the mouthpiece of the gods or of of higher powers that as she has said are unable to speak who don't have mouths and voices being confronted by someone who is in steady's position could always you know come to to a little bit of a buttheads type of type of thing Mm -hmm. we are we are a bunch of god people in this room are we not? god people yeah was that um, an in character or out of character because it was a little bit lower in your register so i was like was that a steady speak or a zach speak that 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 was not a steady speak okay steady would not say that casually okay i didn't think so but i did want to double check so she kind of like looks over at the peony again says so i have made the reason for my presence here very clear I am here to make it that the one who waits does not get as much satisfaction out of it as she once did. I'm here to teach death a lesson. (laughs) And I believe our good wizard here has a similar desire. I think every looks a little taken aback because this is probably the first they've heard about it. And they don't realize they're doing it. Uh, But as that part of the discussion is going on, they sort of rub uh, their, like the hollow of their throat, Um, which is, you notice that even when you saw them at the apartment um, and Myra's days, they always have like long scarves on and stuff like that. So you've never seen sort of like the skin there, but they're, they're worrying at their neck beneath the scarf as Steady starts talking about her. Now, I'm not trying... I did tell young Marius here that I was intending to kill death, and that is true. I don't mean to remove the concept itself from our understanding, but I think the person who's held that portfolio all this time is unfitting for the role. Death shouldn't take pleasure in it. She is certainly detrimental to my own workings, Any knowledge that I have is at your disposal, and I do have a fair bit of it. I have felt a number of things in this place that leaves me to believe that her eyes are on it. Marius says absolutely nothing at that. (laughs) (laughs) The peony's hands just kind of like white knuckle grip each other. Sable is kind of like looking into a corner. Literally every single person in this room has a reason for <laughs> Ningal to be here right now, and none of them. Mm-hmm. Well, Sable will acknowledge it, but like, yeah, I think Sadie watches all of this <laughs> and puts his hands on his hips and says, "It seems like there are." Those here with more direct knowledge of her movements of this place than I. Would you all care to illuminate me? I think the peony will just relax her hands and say, I am 
only ever here as a mediator and to ensure things maintain a balance. And I know that your presence tends to tip things drastically one way or the other. <laughs> and I want to make sure my city comes out of this one okay. <laughs> uh, and Steady looks at the peony and he says, the buildings or the people in them? If I have a choice, the people. We have moved and rebuilt once. We can do it again. But what use is a city to me if it has no one in it? Sounds like you're on the same side, then. Like I said, you tip things drastically. I think they've been tipped for quite some time. You say you want to kill death. I don't know how far you could take that. I don't think you know how far it will go. She's already killed other gods. Oh, I know. If anything, I'm putting the scales back. It's a noble thought. We can celebrate if you're true. Well, we won't find out until we do it. Uh, that's them. If Sable had something to say to Endestine, I think that this is a good point to say it. Yeah. Um, Sable kind of like pushes off from the wall and says, Steady, you know my history. You know where I came from. You know that I watched her kill Afiel in front of me. I think the peony will just kind of like do a little, little hand twitch yeah. at that. So I really don't see why give me one good reason why i should directly involve myself back in these situations that i have spent centuries trying to run from all i want is a little bit of peace if you and the professor want to challenge something impossible Far be it from me to stop you, but give me one good reason why I should be involved. As Sable said the name Afiel, the hand at every throw where they were sort of under the scarf ignited and the scarf burned away. And they're not hurt by the flames, but in the background of this shot, like there's one of those, is it a racked dolly shot where you go from the, the background out of focus, foreground in focus, and it swaps. Mm -hmm. You can just see this livid bruise that is more black than anything else around Evry's throat, and their hands are still on fire. Uh, I think Perihelia notices that. Steady is looking only at Sable. And he says, because you've been running for a long time and you don't want to run anymore, and this is the only way to make sure of it. The peony does another tongue click. That's where we'll call it. For me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Can't be sure until she's gone. Uh, sick. All right. My scene next. <laughs> oh, boy. So I've got a jack of spades. So another ensemble, Jesus. And nice. the, jack, the jack is with crying seagulls. <laughs> and the location is the three of clubs which is in the wilds deep and dark and the three is stormy good nice. little full circle moment mm -hmm. yep. great full circle moment so i definitely think there should be at least a little bit of time between the last scene and this one 
the the storm keeps coming up. Do you think that it's separate storms, or or is this just a, the storm that keeps on giving? I like if it's the storm that mm. keeps on giving. Mulga's just mm-hmm. chilling now. Mulga's our storm god, for the record. Mm-hmm. We want some god shit in here. We said, hey, let's do Makes- some god shit, and Mulga said, okay, and I'm gonna stick around for a while. <laughs> Make some soothing ocean noises in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Mulga's just sitting here, you know, eyes emoji and popcorn yeah, really? at this point. He's mm-hmm. just like, yeah. he's just like, I want to know what happens, but wherever he goes, the yeah. storm goes. So, <laughs> and this has definitely agitated the gulls. So wherever we are, we can hear them. I can't wait to put Brilliant on Brilliant Foley work, my friends. <laughs> so it's not me just making weird ocean noises in my hand. <laughs> um, honestly, like, is this Marius showing people the temple? <gasps> this is my temple. <gasps> <It's fun. laughs> I like how Marius is like, I'm going to show off this temple. And everyone's like, yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> we done know. Peony and Every are like, uh... <laughs> So I've actually been thinking about that, and there's an and there's an issue. Mm-hmm. Steady is never in the dark. Yeah, and I was gonna say I don't think Every's been able to put their flames out. So yeah, because Steady, Steady, the sun is in his eyes, mm-hmm. so he can't like even if it was the middle of the night, he would not be able to see it. Yeah. So this is in which case maybe this is in the library once again. Well, no, it can't be in the library because we're in the wilds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could we could still be there doing it. This just is a, a wrinkle in in the in the issue. You can spend a drama point to change the location, also to change the suit. We could keep storming. Or if there is this conversation that happens ahead of time, if there isn't something that the peony could do to. Not necessarily like a sick pair of shades, but um, she's constantly veiled herself. So what would something like that Mm. look for Steady to be able to douse that long enough for this conversation to happen within the confines of that temple? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking either like he has to keep his eyes closed. Mm, Blindfolded. um, Or yeah, be blindfolded. Or what if, because Steady wears a suit of armor, but he never wears a helmet. What if there was a helmet with the mm. like a like an armored helmet with the with like the eyes like welded shut. Mm. Ooh, sick. Yeah, I mean, Marius is definitely using their hard researched ability to generate magical darkness, which, given who Steady is, I don't think that works. I think Steady can still see through that darkness, even if like. He may not be able to be seen, but he can still see through it. But obviously this is some of the stuff that the peony was warning Marius about, and Sable was definitely <laughs> warning Marius about. So This is so good. But I think the reason that they drag everybody to the temple is just like, we need more answers, and this is where we can get them. And I think the peony definitely has this look on her face of just like, oh, Jesus. Oh, fantasy Jesus. <laughs> but you can't see her eyes, so it's just her mouth is a little moo of disappointment. Mm-hmm. Just a very thin line. Yep. This is another another sequence where it's like Marius 
we see Marius snapping their fingers a couple of times, and I think maybe the presence of, like, Evry's flames makes it a little harder for the darkness to catch, but we see those sparks of void on their fingertips until they're finally able to get a good clean snap. There's just darkness, and I think in the darkness... You hear, you know how, like, when you get close to a building, like, the quality of sound changes? Mm-hmm. Like, almost immediately, the sound of the rain changes as the the temple, like, just appears. And Marius says, I've never been inside, but I know. With the heart of a scholar, I know that this is where answers lie. Every walks in. I would say the peony no. will follow immediately after i think the peony will say then we will lead you there and she holds wow. her hand out towards marius you can't see this happening but you feel the heat that was coming off of every get intensely hotter very quickly and then there is the unmistakable sound of a fireball smashing through wood hmm as the door of the temple that can only be seen in the dark is less of a door now and more of a hole in the wall. Oh my god, children. Well, I can't see, but I can hear that. I have the motivation selfishly destroying. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> and Marius just said answers are in there. You know? <laughs> mm. yeah. Setting just goes, follows the sound of the explosion with, his, with the blindfold or whatever we landed on and, and he says well if you want answers you're going to want to hurry up before uh, they burn them step to it miss witch and just walks past her <laughs> oh i'm just shaking my head <laughs> <laughs> the peony doesn't she she has more physical control but i'm just like come on <laughs> son <laughs> son literally yes <laughs> <laughs> um yeah do you does it still have to be dark on the inside for you to see it or can you go in and then it be light it's never been established you can just only find the temple yeah in the dark and we know we know that anybody who's gone in and then the temple you know like light hits the temple again anybody who's gone in hasn't come out mm-hmm. oh fantastic but there's no nothing to say that you couldn't be light inside the temple. Yeah, so that's light hitting the temple because every has illuminated their hands within the confines of the temple, haven't they? Well, their hands didn't go out, but I, I don't see any problem with darkness making it so they don't shed light. Right. No, it mm. was um, in one of our previous games when Violet came yes. to talk to them. That was in the tunnels. That was in the tunnels. Okay, okay. No, no, that's fair enough. It was... It was a long last time ago. It was a lot. No, I mean, it was it was mostly, I just always remembered it being in the temple, so I misremembered it. It just occurred to me that the only person that's possibly going to be able to stop every from burning the place down is uh, Steady or Parahelia, because they aren't hurt by fire. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, Steady, like, walks in just casually, completely unafraid, and puts a hand on every shoulder and says... Easy there, youngster. You don't find everything by blowing it up. Oh, okay, bear with me a second while I figure out how to react to that. 
Well, while you're reacting to that, I think I want to add that the interior of the temple is very cold, but it's a dry cold, mm. like that of the kind of tomb that perfectly preserves whatever's interred there. Like, even though it's, you know, storming outside, there's absolutely no moisture in here. Yeah, I think every <laughs> wheels around a little bit, looking just all the way up. <laughs> at steady through gritted teeth just like I am no youngster I just imagined every also saying you're not my real dad <laughs> <laughs> steady looks down at every uh, opens his eyes in the temple which are glowing suns and he says I guess it's hard to tell these days and I think only you can see this because of where you are, but and also the light that's coming out. But like I think on seeing that particular sunlight, every starts crying and they have no idea why. Because I don't think that's the sunlight that they have seen in a very long time. And the fire dims but doesn't go out. But it's sort of like like when you turn the gas stove down, it just sort of like recedes. <laughs> Um, I think Steady doesn't know why, but he pulls every in and holds them. I'm emotional. Sable stops Marius before they can enter the temple. Marius, like, I'm imagining that Sable's grip is relatively strong, so, like, Marius doesn't expect this and kind of, like, jerks mm. to a stop. Well, the peony had offered her hand to Marius... So she'll mm. just be standing there waiting. <laughs> yeah, Marius was going to take it when Sable stops mm -hmm. them. And they're just like, "What? what's the meaning of this? I asked you not to do this. Things have changed. There are new pieces on the board. I have new ideas. This isn't like before when you asked. And like... Sable can tell that Marius genuinely believes this. This isn't, like, them trying to yeah, weasel yeah, out of... Yeah, no, 100%. No, it's not. It's worse. Can we end on that? Yes. Mm. Yes. And, so, and I think, yeah. like, if you look over at the peony, she does have, like... It is still, like, disappointment, but it's also, like, a little sad. Because she knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like that. Good shit. I do also, like, like this can just be for us, but I do also want it to be really clear that, like, Sable goes, when, w Sable, mm, I don't know if Sable goes into the temple. Um, I think the only reason why Sable will go into the temple is because Every is there, and when they do, hmm. they'll take Every's still burning hand, mm -hmm. and if anybody comments about it, they're just like, I don't care, but their hand doesn't burn. No. So... Hmm. Uh, that's that. That's that's all. That's all. But I like ending the scene there. So I'm just. That's just a little bit of flavor text for all of you to just kind of be like, "Hey, I'm gay." By the way, like, I will pepper in the <laughs> fact that I am gay. <laughs> You're valid.
Hi, it's August, and I just wanted to thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed us, please consider leaving a rating on your podcast platform of choice, telling your friends about us, or tweeting about us using the FTLcast hashtag. We are also part of a nonprofit podcasting guild called Standing Stones Productions. We do a variety of shows, including The Room Where It Happened and Dumb Kids Playing Hero, two actual play shows, and a Steven Universe discussion podcast called Gay Space Rocks. We also do live streams at twitch.tv slash standingstonesprod. You can keep up with everything that we do on Twitter at stones underscore standing. Unfortunately, Standing Stones was already taken. Your support means a lot. Thanks again!